0: Who's to blame the ongoing conversation in America? Is it all Trump's fault? The bombs and the shootings? Is it everybody's fault because we just keep ratcheting our way that direction? Media, politicians, both sides screaming at people in restaurants, et cetera
3: well, if you are spending all day every day trying to convince your followers that the other side wants to kill you and take what's rightfully yours, you're going to have some crazy people
0: act on it, both sides, every day, all the time, um sick uh, of it, yeah, yeah, so we got more on that coming up a, a little bit later the um 60 Minutes with a good episode last night, but I'll tell you what, I watched the first two stories anyway, and uh, both of them were really good. Uh, Good journalism, not good stories to hear, particularly the first one about the Catholic Church, this time in Buffalo, New York. Oh, boy. It's as if it's in every diocese, Jack. God, it sure seems like it. This woman who worked there, who worked for the bishop and knew what was going on and came across some files and went to the media with them and then... Uh, finally, was uh, was willing to come even more forward and be on sixty minutes last night and talking about the bishop there, and it's the same as everywhere else. I mean, it's the same. It's the same playbook everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they move around these priests. They cover it up. They never take blame. If they get caught, they claim they've been dealing with this for years. Even though I mean, they've been handling this situation best they could for years. Right. Even though they clearly aren't. They recommend these pervs for new jobs routinely. Um, but here's a little clip from 60 Minutes from last night. It starts with a guy who's a deacon in the church. Sean and I were just saying, that's the job I want if I'm in the Catholic church. Because you, be, uh, you can get married, mm-hmm. you have kids, and yeah. apparently you can use salty language because that guy oh, yeah. said ass and whatnot.
3: Yeah, and hell. And hell. Of course, you're going to say hell as a Catholic.
0: But you have some power anyway.
3: It's you
1: know part of that.
0: Here's a little of the info.
1: I don't have faith right now that any particular bishops have the courage to do the right thing. I mean, we all praise our martyrs on Sunday, and we praise and we sing. But boy, it sure as hell is hard being a saint when it's your ass on the line. And I want these cardinals and these bishops to start putting their ass on the line and start protecting their people. Bishops hold supreme power in their diocese and answer only to the pope. Next month, U.S. bishops will gather to consider a proposal for a bishop code of conduct Bishop Malone plans to be there. He's refused to resign. The shepherd does not desert the flock at a difficult time. May God who founded the church and- The bishop has made three public apologies and offered to sell his 11,000 square foot official residence to help compensate victims. So there you go. I liked all of that. So they're gonna have a,
0: a, come up with a code of conduct because that's what's lacking. There was no code of conduct to tell me that I shouldn't take somebody I know who's raping children and secretly move them to a different church so they can rape more children and keep me out of trouble. I didn't know that. I don't see any rules against it. Once we have a code of conduct, I will understand what I'm supposed to do. And then that freaking bishop saying, now's not the time to abandon the flock. You don't want to, you don't want to move out of the coolest job in the world for you an 11,000 square foot house start there who decides that's a good idea ever to do with with the money people give in the plates at the church to help the hungry and clothe the poor and whatever the hell it is 11,000 square foot house this is not a time to abandon the flock what a load of crap I will believe one of these people is godly if they ever step aside, even though they're, they they didn't have anything to do with it, because they realize that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You care more about your position than you do about God and helping people, all that. That's absolutely 100% obvious. Clearly. I of course, loved, you're a human being, so we should expect that out of human beings. I
3: loved what the deacon was saying. I loved that he was talking about, uh, we, we we worship the martyrs, but to paraphrase what he was saying nobody seems among the bishops willing to take a risk to nope. get out ahead of this nope, nobody and say all right here's what's been going on i i, fi- I figured it out i found it here's what it is uh, the pope is not
0: moving fast enough nobody is sticking their neck out. not one in the whole world with this going on now since well the the the, the big boston story that they made that movie about was 20 years ago? 20 years. So in several decades, nowhere in the world has there been one step forward and say, look, here's what's going on. It's time somebody says so. Nobody's willing to risk their cool gig. Have you
3: heard anybody high up in the Catholic Church talking about the systemic problem, where this is coming from, what traditions shelter it, what urges lead people to the priesthood, or once they're in the priesthood, what... Urges and, and and lack of uh, outlet for them are causing all this. Has anybody stood up and said, "Here's what our problem is"? No, no. So you need. They, they just talk about off. even even the the quote unquote brave ones are talking about the individuals now the, the and one... how they they are responded to, not where this is coming from.
2: Yeah,
0: one priest in this particular story on sixty minutes, the reason he came forward and and is risking his job, I think he's safe because the info's out there. It would look too bad to get rid of him. Right. But he risked, he risked his career because he was molested as a kid by a priest. So he has a particular interest in doing something about this. Mm-hmm. But like you said, until we have somebody at a high level come forward and say, all right, I've been involved with this. This is what's going on. And I think the real turning point will be, and I don't know if this will ever happen, you have one of these rapist molesters, they end up in jail or whatever, and they do a big, long interview and say, This is what I was thinking. This was what was going through my mind. This is what I did. This is what I saw with other people that I'm in the church with. Until we get that guy come forward, we're never going to get our heads around this, I don't think. I would think that would happen at some point. It might now, because now you got the FBI involved all around the country. I think 30 different dioceses around the country the FBI is involved in. You're going to end up with some people going to jail that might finally find their humanness to turn the corner and do something that could help the the world and the Catholic Church by coming forward and really laying it out there, what was going on.
3: Well, if you're asking people to do the right thing for the right reason, you may have a long wait. They may well start doing the right thing when the RICO statutes are really brought down upon their heads, and people who said, well, old uh, uh, priest uh, Jimmy is a perv, and everybody knows it, but man, it would create a headache for us to bring it out, so... We'll just transfer them over here. If they're starting to be charged with criminal conspiracy by the feds,
0: then you're going to see people start to yap. You need the Jose Canseco, the guy who was in it up to his giant neck in baseball, to come forward and say, look, I know exactly what was going on, and this is what was happening. Right, and you, the owners were in on it. Everybody was in on it. Everybody knew. Right. You, you need that guy to come out in the Catholic Church. Obviously, it's a different thing because... You know, somebody who's taking steroids, hitting home runs. Who cares? You were molesting children. We care a lot. I want you dead. So it's a little different to come forward with that. You
3: know what? Then the mainstream media is incredibly uncomfortable with this aspect of it. Uh, is the the giant conspiracy is silence because so many priests are gay and the other pr- and they're having sex. That's
0: definitely an and angle.
3: The other priests know it, and and that makes so many of them blackmailable. That there are a lot of them who aren't talking. Now there are plenty of priests who aren't talking who are not gay, but it's an element in it. And listen, I don't say that out of any animosity toward gay people or gay priests or whatever. I don't particularly care. I know the Catholic Church says it's a mortal sin, but I'm not That's a Catholic ridiculous. and I have no personal interest in it, honestly. Um, but I have it from very reasonable, highly placed sources that that is a huge challenge in the Catholic Church right now. That's got to be part of the story. We've got to air all this out. Or, to me, and I'm I'm more aware of a lot of you listening of the good that the Catholic Church does in the world, because there's a hell of a lot of it. Uh, but, in spite of all that good being done, it may be time to just say, this institution cannot be saved. This is Enron. This, is, this just needs to be torn down. And rebuilt. Wow. Sorry, Peter. It's over. But Peter would be the first guy to say, Whoa, you're doing this in my name? Forget it. Forget it. Tear that mother scratcher down. He would be the first guy to insist on
0: ref- reformation. It is amazing, although it's for the reasons you just said, it, it is amazing that nobody at the bishop or cardinal level, because all these cardinals were bishops before, what's the chance that people at the cardinal level or bishop level, anywhere in the, in the world, aren't completely aware of all this stuff? It's got to be practically
3: zero uh, I would believe everybody knows what's going on. It's like general managers of baseball teams getting back to the steroid era they knew they all knew
1: I don't
0: know Tony, Oh,
3: no, There are very little reason. Tony
0: LaRusa sounded pretty believable that he didn't he didn't know Mark McGuire was juicing Because he was a drunk old man there's um, that uh but I yeah I can't imagine that anybody especially the cardinal level because you' got to be pretty old you've been around a long time there's no way you don't know. Priests yourself throughout your career that were molesting kids and you turned a blind eye to it. So it would go so far up. I mean, you'd have to wipe out the entire leadership, which would be fine, by the way, Mm -hmm. should be fine. If, If you're an actual person of God, you're in it to please God and to make the world a better place. You going from being a cardinal to just a priest of some small church somewhere should be fine with you. But you're all caught up in the the, the the problems of all human beings, of wanting power and prestige and ad, adulation. Right.
2: But you, know, you know, think there'd be
0: somebody that at some point would set that aside. One. Right. You know, it's funny.
3: That reminds me so much of the indictment of government that I and H.L. Mencken and Thomas Sowell and so many other thinkers share, not that I'm on par with them or even close to it, but um, the idea that some people have that, the people in government, in bureaucracies, are angels. They're they're not touched by self-interest or greed or avarice or the flaws of the rest of us. No, once they get into government, they become these super beings. Likewise, the church. Please, somebody's a cardinal and, and they, they go around talking to talk, but they're not affected by all the same prides and, and greeds and... And enjoying their station and loving the power as the rest of us, of course they are. They're human. Did you
0: see that house the bishop lived there in Buffalo, New York? That's some place. Begging that would get to your head, wouldn't it? That's your. That's where you live. It looks yeah. like a castle. And and people's yeah yeah. No, it probably, like a castle. Jack, he probably has an office in there.
3: There's probably two thousand square feet of his eleven thousand square foot house taken up by office space.
0: And everybody refers to you as your excellency. And opens doors for you and picks you up in the morning in a, in a fancy car and drives you to where you... I mean, that would get to your head. Any human being. I really,
3: I really missed a chance to have my kids refer to me as Your Excellency. I mean, I could have taught them from the early stage. They wouldn't think it was out at all. <laughs> right. If you started that right. way. Damn it. That would have been great. You call him Dad? It's funny. We call ours
0: y- Your Excellency. <laughs> <laughs> your dude. That reminds me of the story I got on how we've been teaching kids the wrong way to learn how to read since the 80s. Abandoning thousands of years of knowing how to do it. The um, capacity
3: get for the world
0: of education to get into fads and lose their minds is wild. Uh, text line on this whole Catholic Church thing, it's just, God dang it. It's, it's so, so unbelievable. And at the same time, completely believable. Text lines four one five two nine five 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. What's the best weapon in a male stripper fight? That'd be a handy thing to know. Tuna can lids? I think that... Oh, boy. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The conscience
1: of the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. There must be some kind of way out of here. I heard that Utah might legalize marijuana, so
2: a state lawmaker went to Nevada to research weed. <laughs> <laughs> when Asked what he learned. His staff said that, that was four days ago. He hasn't come back. <laughs> what? If
0: you're just joining us, Joe called for ending the Catholic Church. We got That's this not exactly correct text. The Catholic Church will either die or continue to harbor molester priests. Nothing will change if Catholicism doesn't die of money starvation. Uh, sure looks that way. Had to decades to try to get their arms around this, and it doesn't look like they've made any effort or advancement whatsoever in a lot of areas. Well,
3: that might overstate it, but I see your point. I mean, well, at there their bu- are people trying but they're not nearly enough, and they're not nearly powerful enough. It's, it's sickening. I think I'm in a pretty good place to talk about this, too, because I have a great deal of sympathy for not only Christianity but the Catholic Church. But I just, I don't know. I've seen enough of these uh, things, enough of examples of corrupt institutions that vow to turn it around. But once you get a sense of how far the corruption goes and how high, you get a sense of whether they're capable of doing that for themselves or not. And I just I'm not very optimistic about the Catholic Church. More texts, or uh, you want to move on? You move on. All right, got a couple links for you. Number one, uh, no matter what you think of what's causing it, uh, the world's getting a little bit warmer. And the only reason I point that out is there are now way more ticks in way more places than there used to be, like your armpits for much So and... no, shut up. <laughs> for much more of the year, and uh, you know I could go into detail, but uh, what's the point? E- e- if you're out in nature, you're in that tall grass, you're in the woods, whatever. Check yourself and your your pet for
0: ticks. Oh, in your moist regions. Oh, Lord! No, you uh-huh. not want ticks there.
3: It's all about Lyme disease, or, or a lot of it's about Lyme disease, which can uh,
0: ticks are gross, man. Cause
3: long term symptoms like fatigue, joint pain, arthritis, facial paralysis, neurological disorders if left untreated.
0: Ticks are gross. The whole burrowing Indian, sucking blood out of your face just ain't that cool.
3: Yeah, we have an instinctive loathing of them, and it's good. But So ticks and Lyme disease are a growing problem. Just be aware of it. Check yourself. Check yourself. And then this. Seattle's minimum wage increase experiment. What effect did it have? Now... Depending on how you come at this thing, we tend to assume... They're... I come at it from behind with tuna can lids on my shoes. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> like some sort of combative stripper male. <laughs> Excellent callback. <laughs> Way to go, plum smuggler. Um Uh, Two types of low-wage workers. (laughs) One is scrappy but unskilled, looking to get on the first rung of the economic ladder. Once they get that first job, they'll eventually learn new skills and get raises. Economists and policymakers who believe this, because it's clearly true, contend that big minimum wage increases are harmful because some aspiring workers won't get jobs and will miss that first opportunity to enter the job market. It's unquestionably true. It is 100% true. The other type are people stuck in a trap of low-wage work. For these workers, the system is stacked against them. They will never earn more than the minimum wage. Oof. Therefore, some policymakers believe we should increase wages because it will reduce their prof- poverty. That is 100% true. There are people like that. And that's sad and pathetic. In the true sense of the word, it causes me sadness. Um
0: Although But you, you cannot design an economic system. No. And the jobs that they get to work could go away and then there won't be very many of them around.
3: uh, Exactly. Uh, Yeah, indeed. You jumped ahead a little bit there, but that's absolutely true. Employers will decide, well, then we're not going to have anybody do it. We're going to get a machine. They're expensive, but they're less expensive than paying a person, I'm going to be kind here, a person who has no skills and shows no signs that they can ever develop any skills.
0: And this particular person you're talking about has no skills and is not going to get any. Right. But to the point... The
3: uh, Seattle City Council voted in 2014 to increase the minimum wage 15 bucks over a three-year period. Researchers at the University of Washington, New York University, and Amazon studied the effects on 25,000 low-wage workers. I'm going to summarize because we don't have a lot of time, but they released a paper a year ago, and they just updated it. They estimated the wage increase, it harmed low-skill workers most. Um, yeah, I don't doubt that. Uh, they Some low-wage workers did benefit, but the researchers estimate that low wages went up more in Seattle than the counties that didn't increase wages. Um, but they also noticed a drop in hours worked. Some workers still came out ahead, working fewer hours, but at a slightly higher hourly wage to make up for it. Those tended to be more experienced workers with more time on the job. Less experienced workers were more likely to end up with lower earnings overall or with no gains. The economists also looked at rates of entry, or how many people who did not work before and have no skills entered the labor market following the wage increase. The estimate uh, right after the minimum wage went up, entry rates flattened and eventually fell as the minimum wage went up further, suggesting less experienced workers were offered fewer opportunities for work.
0: But man, if you start a minimum wage job and a year or two later you're still making minimum wage, you either are a terrible employee or have no skills. Meanwhile, in neighboring
3: counties, entry rates continued to increase before leveling off slightly in 2017. This leads them to conclude so Seattle's minimum wage ordinance appeared to have delivered higher paid to experienced workers at the cost of reduced opportunity for the year inexperience.
1: Interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Two caravans now on the way to the southern border as the military ramps up security. we got a moral question. Self-driving vehicles, who should they hit first? And Sunday, one U.S. city experienced an unprecedented super sports equinox.
0: Yes, a sports equinox. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Pipe Bomber Guy was a male stripper. And he was worried he was going to get into a fight with other male strippers, so he wore tuna can lids on his shoes so he could cut them. That's where that reference comes from, if you hadn't heard that. Wow. Which shows you how crazy he is. Kick-fighting, paranoid male dancer. And that was how long ago? That was quite a while ago. Years ago, yeah. Yeah, 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 years ago. He believed Barack Obama was the Antichrist, 100% proof. He said in one of his many posts that were out there. Wow. He turned on Trump in recent days. Yeah, and and recently he decided Trump was a Jew loving globalist. Well, and
3: interestingly, the Washington Post is writing about the fact that the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting was a shooter was anti Trump, but uh, Julia Yoffi claims that Trump is still responsible for the shooting because of his rhetoric. So, okie doke.
0: Well, it could play a role. I have no idea. Oh yeah, yeah. As I said, and I'll uh,
3: stick by my words. It's the age of hyperbole. Everybody is trying to convince us that we're all going to die or we're under siege or, or attack because that's the only way to get anybody's attention. And when that rhetoric meets mentally ill people, right. bad stuff happens. So calm the hell down, everybody.
0: Saying people will die if you vote for Kavanaugh is right. pretty uh, you know, insightful also. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Let's get news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the
1: first migrant caravan is in Mexico, about 1,000 miles from the U.S. border, as Pentagon officials say they are rushing backup equipment to the southern border. Portable barriers, trucks, transports, and other gear for the active-duty troops that are now set to be deployed. Now, Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nielsen on Fox News on Sunday was saying... We've got a crisis at the border right now. We're stopping between 1,500 and 1,700 people a day trying to cross illegally. So this
3: giant caravan is just like four days, three, four days compressed into one. There's yeah. an excellent point. Yep. So listen, it's being absolutely 100% whipped up for electoral, or electoral purposes by Republicans. Mm-hmm. It also points out that we have a crisis of. Uh, a broken immigration system and broken refugee system. And and lots of people are getting into the country illegally and a lot of bad people are getting into the country illegally. So that's a real problem. It's being whipped up a little bit. On the other hand, I don't hear anybody talking about why are those Central American countries so screwed up that they got people pouring out of them, allegedly terror stricken, humidity every day, probably the humidity. What can be done? Is there anything we can do to help? Just Selfishly. Selfishly. I mean, if we can spend a million bucks and save two uh, to help these poor, beleaguered Central Americans out with their screwed up governments and
0: crumbling society. I don't know. You can't send a socialist government money. They keep it.
1: Right. Right. Meanwhile, the other day, the uh, incoming president of Mexico suggested the U.S., Mexico, and Canada put together (laughs) some kind of fund to help... Build businesses in some of those Central American countries that are suffering so much. I don't know how you would get around avoiding giving that to the generals and the president right. and the other right. people. See, right.
3: Yeah, that's the thing: economic right. aid and even investment in the countries of corrupt regimes, hoping that the economic uh, liberalization brings political liberalization, right. that almost never ever works. It's been studied over and over again. It's a it's the perfect example. Of the uh, only the only upside of being slightly older although i'm still very youthful uh and, and,
2: <laughs> and, and
3: grizzled is you you say yeah I know that sounds really yeah. really good but it's been tried a bunch of times and it never works the way you think it's going to
1: all right shifting gears in more ways than one self-driving vehicles who should they hit first the people the other speak. guy in a recent survey by MIT, millions of people were asked about self-driving vehicles and how they should prioritize when an accident is inevitable.
0: Tallest? You hit the tallest
1: first? Oh, Revol- no. How do you make a decision? On no, that? the re- results were not tallest first. Most people... The one would- that
0: looks like more of a drain on society.
1: Going through the I don't li- know how you're going to program <laughs> these things. Going through the list, most people say they'd prefer cars prioritize saving people over saving animals.
0: That's probably a good idea.
1: And they may also lean towards saving younger people rather than older folks.
0: Wow! So the the computer in your car is going to say... She's twenty, he's fifty. Hit him! Oh my yes. God! Well, it's
3: good for the race.
1: Wow!
0: It's good for
3: the human race. She might right,
1: reproduce. He's old. Get him out of the way. Respondents were more inclined to what say: What if she's a five times
0: convicted meth head stripper and he's the uh, you know the baseball coach and principal of the local school? Uh, his best years are behind him, and she <laughs> still has time to turn it
1: around. <laughs> yeah, she could turn it around.
3: Oh my God! Because that's what we need. We need. Crank-loving strippers reproducing.
1: Respondents were more inclined to save baby strollers, pregnant women, and doctors. That's doctors. Doctors. How do you determine who's a doctor? I'm walking <laughs> around in a lab yeah, That's for include, sure. Does this include chiropractors? <laughs> Settle down, Michael. They were less inclined. Remember, yeah, these you, are,
0: you, you, Come you, on, don't don't to avoid running over a chiropractor to save that person.
1: <laughs> These are millions of people interviewed by MIT. These people were less inclined to save folks of heavier weights and higher class people like executives. Wow. And they broke it down this far. When it came to animals, many people would rather save a dog than save a criminal. Cats rank lower than both. Cats Cats rank lower than dogs or criminals. Seems right.
0: Checks out. (laughs)
3: Wow. Sorry, crazy cat ladies.
0: All right. That is pretty interesting glimpse into in the human mind. Right? I have a much
3: more sober and scientific look at the issue that we can get to a little bit later on as ethicists and scientists are trying to figure out how to handle this the trolley problem sure would you would you you know trolleys hurtling toward five people it right. will kill them you can push a uh, one dude in the way of the trolley which will trigger its brakes right? And you will actively kill that person, but it will save five. Do you do that? What are the ethics of that? What does he look problem? like?
0: Oh, boy. You see, in this question, you don't get those sort of answers mm. or details. Yeah, it's more kind of so so looks soft. like an executive, whatever you call it? <laughs> yes, yeah, a, a business executive.
3: A doctor. But some of the questions and answers they're coming up with are really, really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can come back to that in a bit. All right, one How about one? a male stripper with tuna can lids on his <laughs> shoes? Huh?
1: What, what do you hit next? There. One final note. L.A. fans take advantage of an unprecedented super sports equinox on Sunday. The Sports Equinox is a day in which all four major North American sports leagues play on the same day in a single city. Five games on the same day in a single city. A super sports equinox. Which had never happened, I guess? No.
0: So what are the five sports that happened in L.A. on one day?
1: It was the Kings beating the New York Rangers. That's hockey. The Galaxy losing to the Houston Dynamo. I, I don't know what that is. Soccer. Soccer. The Rams beating the Green Bay Packers, and Dodgers lost the World Series and the Clippers beat the Washington Wizards. So there you have
0: NBA it. NFL MLB. Yep. Soccer. Yep. And uh hockey.
1: hockey. Stripper hockey. fight? What was it? hockey? Do McKenzie <laughs> <again>, stripper fights. <laughs> so anyway, the big Super Equinox Sunday That's you your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm strong Getty show, the conscience of the nation, that deserves the bell.
3: It's the Liberty Bell, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, nobody could tell that that was going on because traffic was at a standstill anyway.
1: Right.
0: Um, man, I got a bunch of stuff I have compiled from the weekend. An interesting nugget about what's going to happen a week from tomorrow, midterm election, and the turnout. Oh, really? That I think will shock you. I'm not easily shocked It's going to be high Bring it really high Turnout is? Yeah No yeah. Oh yeah oh, You're yeah.
3: wrong I oh, yeah. where you're wrong oh, yeah. My I mean, response to Jack will shock you
0: Are we teaching kids the, how to read the wrong way? Probably Plenty of data that would show that we are Among other things coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show
2: Armstrong and Getty The conscience of the nation of the nation
1: Getty
0: show. Oh! A lot of interesting stuff about the pipe bomb guy, the, uh, the the stripper, white van, political message dude. How do you get to drive around the country with with Hillary Clinton's face and crosshairs over it? I figured that out. All right, talking to some people.
3: And well, um, there's a synagogue shooter guy and you can't have the fun with him because people died, it's a, you know, at least the pipe bomb crazy moron didn't hurt anybody. Right. So just a real quick follow-up on the autonomous car thing. Two points. Number one, they're working on the autonomous cars figuring out how to hit people or things in a way that causes less loss of life. So it's, you can go beyond the trolley problem. If you do this, that person will die. If you do this, those people will die. The programmers are saying, well, let's see if maybe we can, like, uh, go sideways into them. Not so, hit anybody. Or or, or so they're, they're not, not, kill not killed. Yeah. Right. And the other interesting aspect to this is that unless there is government-mandated standardization, you can have some brands that are more likely to kill you and some brands that are more la- likely to kill the driver. And I'm, I'm buying the murder mobile. It's all about me. I'm going to drive the one that protects me.
0: So well, that's just me. Well, that's going to be a problem. Yeah,
3: I know. Obviously, I'm, I'm kidding. But yeah, that is going to be a problem and an issue, an ethical issue. And then they get into public transportation. How well, do you program buses, the rest of it?
0: You're not kidding. If there's a company that values the driver over somebody else, I'm going to buy that car.
3: Nah, not me.
0: Oh, you're going to buy the car that sacrifices you to save others. Exactly. So if there's a problem. Yeah. Okay, good for if you. If there's
3: any chance of hurting someone else, a grenade will go off
0: in the car.
1: The Dodge <laughs> virtue signal. Right. <laughs>
0: Ah, it's funny. Megan Kelly's old high school has criticized her comments on blackface. Oh. No word from her brownie troop or junior high or anything else like that. We live in crazy times. That's I'm not my... sure my high school is even aware I'm alive. <laughs> oh, I know mine. I know mine's not. Um, um, tomorrow, we're one week away from the midterms. Here's a couple of interesting stats for you. Fascinating stats. 2014, the last midterm was the lowest turnout since World War II. And that's a bit of an anomaly because it was World War II was going on. So right. maybe, you know, people didn't get to the polls or whatever. So it might be the lowest ever uh, midterm turnout. But extrapolating pre voting, what do you call it, early voting? Yes. By somebody who uh, has been accurate in the past on figuring this out says this is going to be the highest turnout. Midterm election since 1914, and I think you could probably do the math if you're a history fan on that, that would have been voting right after World War I started because you were wanting to send the message to Congress, hey, we ain't getting involved in this, mm-hmm. or we are, or whatever. Right. But so, a hundred years since we've had a turnout like this for a midterm, likely, which should surprise no one. Has there been a fever pitch about politics like this in your lifetime? Not mine. Mm-mm. Now, whether or not that actually gets people to the polls, always a question. This guy thinks it will. It could be just the kind of people that are active, uh, do early voting, and doesn't matter yeah, anything to the mo- college kid who's going not going to go on Right, today.
3: And more and more people do the alternative voting these days. Sure, too, but anyway. I'm would sure you'd consider I, I, that.
0: I would expect it to be really high turnout, wouldn't you? Yes, higher than usual Yeah, for a midterm, which is well, low We set turnout. the record low last time. If we don't do much better than that, then we all just got to show up. We got to shut up. We got to shut up. The cable news channels need to shut down. <laughs> we need to start talking about other things. I'm in favor of all of that. If you can get to this fever pitch of politics and you still end up with like 20% turnout, what are, what are we doing? It'd be like if we talked about the, the Dodgers and the, and, the, and the Red Sox all day, every day, red-faced, getting into fights about it and never had the games. Right. I mean, or, or never watched them. Or never watched the games, right. yes. Didn't bother. God dang it. So, anyway, we'll see a week from tomorrow. They, as Joe always says, they hold a poll. It's on election day. Mm-hmm. And we'll check out the results. And the poll's always accurate. Yeah, that went well. 100%. Thanks to the Russians. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm particularly interested in this. I got young kids in the learning to read phase of life. Particularly got a first grader who is being homeschooled. So we have a lot of say in how uh, we go about him learning how to read. And uh, I've been interested, we've been hit with a lot of information in the early years of my kids uh, reading, learning to read. The key thing is to read, have them read or read to them. That's the big thing. Just reading to them. Reading to them for 20 minutes is almost as good as them reading themselves. It's just as long as they're surrounded by reading. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's interesting, but I'm doing it. And I mean, I really make sure they get their 20 minutes of either being read to or reading themselves every single night because all this... Well, there was an interesting article in the New York Times over the weekend by some really knowledgeable people who have been studying this forever who say this craze took off in the 80s. They've got all kinds of stats to back up the fact that our literacy rate has been going down, 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 regardless of socioeconomic areas of schools all these years... And they say it's because that is just not true. There are literally, which is a funny term when you're talking about reading, literally thousands of studies that say that is not how you learn to read. That doesn't have an effect on learning to read. Reading is not, well, I'll read from the conclusion. It's fun and it's nice. There's there's nothing but positives. All that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'm still going to do it. But, sure. That's not how your kid's going to learn how to read. The basic assumption that has been underlying typical reading instruction since the mid-80s in many schools is that learning to read is a natural process, much like learning to talk. You're surrounded by talking, you learn to talk. Since the mid-80s, we've been teaching, if you're surrounded by reading, you learn to read. But that's not the way our brains work. Decades of scientific research and thousands of studies show that reading does not come naturally. The human brain isn't wired that way. Kids need to explicitly be taught to connect sounds with letters. Phonics, which has been around for thousands of years, teaching people to read. Worked brilliantly. And worked just fine. Right then what, it was abandoned. For whatever reason, we got away from phonics and went with the, you just need to be immersed in reading or being read, too. And that's how you pick up on it. And it's not working. Yeah. And they go deep in this study. We'll link it at armstrongandgetty.com. It's really interesting. This is not a bunk. I am. I really am on the lookout for bunk studies and all this sort of stuff. This is lots of research over many decades with thousands of studies all showing the same thing. It's a, You know what it was? That was the uh, Common Core math of the 80s. They went with, call it Common Core reading. Mm-hmm. They redid what we'd been doing for thousands of years. It was perfectly fine, like we have now with math. And now I've decided uh, 35 years later that that's not the right way to do it. What we were doing before was the best way to it, do it. But
3: it sounded good. It sounded real good. You know, I think I've figured it out. I don't know. Maybe I haven't. Uh, the The... the The tendency of educators to get sucked into fads is amazing. Uh, Apparently. And I think it may be ego, hubris, like so many things in, in human nature. You don't want to just be the latest generation of people to teach something that's many hundreds of years old. You want to be the innovator, the one who discovered the new thing, the best thing, the better thing. Phonics is dead.
0: Now it's this Plus if somebody's selling a book or a program or a videotape or whatever it is at the time, there's money to be made. Right. So that that plays a role. Yeah. It's amazing. Pipe bomb guy. A lot of interesting stuff about him. How did he exist like this for so long? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.